Well, welcome everyone to the White Oak Houston podcast. This is Pastor James, and with me in the studio is Pastor John. And uh, so we started this podcast because a lot of times there are things that are really, really important to us and that they're, it's hard to talk about those things on a Sunday morning or in a sermon or something like that. And so we want to use this podcast as a chance to provide uh, just some of our pastoral thoughts on questions that really you have about anything. And, and today we're going to hit on something that I think we, we've gotten this question from a lot of people in our church, and that's what does it mean to be a Baptist? And I think this question comes a lot from our newer members. They like the church, they vibe with the church, but they're like, what, what's, what's the Baptist thing about? So why don't you get started on that? Yeah, and what's interesting about that is actually, uh, you're right, like a lot of newer members like ask this, and also even a lot of like long-time Baptists are like, what does it mean to be a Baptist? And uh, I'm really excited about today because um, a lot of what I'm going to be going over is basically stuff that um, kind of I developed uh, kind of the middle of last year. We were actually going to preach on this topic, uh, but something came up in the life of our church and we had to kind of go a different direction. And so we'd actually mentioned we were going to be talking about it and we didn't end up doing it. So people were like, actually, I kind of wanted to hear that sermon. Like they didn't want to hear the other ones, but they were like, I want to hear that sermon, you know. Um, And so just real quick before we talk about kind of what it means to to be a Baptist, right, um, and, and meaning not the caricature, but like you know, not drinking or dancing or those kind of stupid things. I think, honestly, most people, they have a caricature in terms of what they think it means to be Baptist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're going to talk about today what it means to be a Baptist, and um, specifically here at White Oak, uh, what it means to be Baptist and, and why we're proud to be Baptist. But um, the first, before we dive in, I just want to make a couple of things really clear. The first is that this, so there's no perfect tradition um, I like the word tradition more than denomination because people in the world don't know what denomination means. It's kind of a churchy word, but tradition kind of makes sense. It's like a, a consistent way of doing things. Um, and so even within the Christian faith, there's different interpretations of the scriptures and the Christian life. And so different denominations or traditions do things different ways based upon how they perceive the faith to, um, or, or to, to be what's right or whatever. Um, and so there is no perfect tradition, though. And so even today as we talk about what it means to be a Baptist, um, you know, there's no perfect tradition, meaning that there are flaws that we have as a faith. Um, there are probably things that we get wrong. I'm not arrogant enough to think that we have it all together. We're going to, you know, meet Jesus face to face, and he's going to let me know where we got it wrong. <laughs> there's going to be some of those things. So, so, so even though today is, is really a defensive kind of why the Baptist faith, I think, is a good faith for you and your family and a way to raise your kids, um, we have issues. And so I want to be clear about that. Um, the next thing is, um, honestly, man, as I studied this, and really went deep on it, I, I became actually more proud to be a Baptist than I was before. I think before I was like the typical younger person who kind of liked to distance myself from denominations, and I, I'm more non-denominational or whatever, you know, kind of just classic millennial, non-committal, you know, don't label me kind of thing. Um, but the more I studied it, man, the more I really realized this is an amazing tradition, um, that there's a lot of really good to it. There's a reason why, besides, I guess, the Catholic faith, that it's the largest Christian tradition in America. There's a reason why a lot of people connect well with it and think it's good. Um, and then I, I think, last thing I'll say is I do think uh, as we go through these things, I think this uh, the Baptist tradition fits really well with the millennial generation. And I don't think many millennials realize that yet. I think people our age, based upon how they see the world, I think we'll actually understand every one of the four things we're going to talk about today. So even as I'm talking about these things, um, I just want to encourage you listening to this to really kind of process like, no, I, like, do you agree with what I'm saying? Like, like am I making a good case or would you disagree? Um, but honestly, most people I talk to who are Christians, the way they line up, I think it lines up very well with the Baptist faith. 
I just think they've been turned off by a caricature. And it's also kind of like uh, like Nickelback or Creed, where it got so popular. <laughs> it got so popular that everyone's hating on it, but they're still selling a ton of records, you know? So it's like, hey, someone likes this band, you know? So Baptist is kind of like that. It, it got so big, especially in the 50s, 60s, and 70s here in America, that it became an easy target. And we did make some mistakes and kind of focused on things too much, probably like drinking and dancing and all that kind of stuff, um, which aren't even probably main positions of the main Baptist you know, faith right now. Um, and so, but most people, I think if they really understand what it is, they'll like it. So, yeah. Really cool. Well, let me just tell you, a, a plus on the Nickelback analogy. Yeah. So really cool. I don't know if you had that pre planned up. That just came. I, I, I use that for a, I use that things for a lot because I've always thought, man, a lot of people buy them. Like, I, I, I disclaimer, I love Creed. Um, <laughs> I don't like Nickelback though. So, but yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I like how you talked about the Baptist tradition as opposed to denomination. I think denomination has a kind of a stigma attached to it, you know, yeah. and I like to think of it also as like a heritage. And I think what, yeah. regardless of what your heritage is, if it's cultural or, or whatever it is, like there are things to celebrate in that and there are things to, to, to think about and to improve yeah. upon, you know. And so you talked about four things that sort of identify some core values of, of being a Baptist. And why don't we just jump right into those? What, what's number yeah. one? So, um, and as we go through all these, I, I will say that if anyone wants like the, the longer description of this, definitely go, I would just Google the Baptist faith and message mm-hmm. 2000. That's like, basically I'm getting most of this from that in a very condensed version. So there are more things that are particular to the Baptist church in these four things. But if you want the full thing, that's definitely where you would go. Uh, the Baptist faith and message 2000 is what it's called. Um, but the first thing, and this is the first thing, cause it is the most important thing. Um, you know, any, Baptist, and we happen to be Southern Baptist, which it's all these breakdowns, you know. Um, but when most people say Baptist, they refer to Southern Baptist, which is the biggest Protestant denomination in America. Um, which, once again, Protestant basically just means Christian but not Catholic. There's a lot of things to describe this. Right. I, I get why people are confused by all this. Um, but the number one thing um, that any good Baptist will tell you is that the, the, what really sets us apart is we have a high view of Scripture. Mm. So the number one thing that makes someone a Baptist is they have a high view of Scripture. And what that means is that they believe that the Bible um, is our sole authority on all matters in life and morality and doing church. Um, And we believe it's that because we believe it is the Word of God. And so because it's the Word of God, because we believe it's God's revelation, it's the only perfect thing in the world. It's the book that God wrote um, there's a reason why it's endured through the ages. You know, we think history attests to the fact that it is endured, that, that shows that it's God, God's word. Um, you know, passages like 2 Timothy 3.16, um, you know, in the scriptures talk about how all scripture is God-breathed and profitable for us. And so basically, um, you know, even the Bible is testifying to itself that everything contained in it is God's word and is helpful for us. And so here as a Baptist, and, and not every tradition is like this. I mean, there are traditions that literally... Um, like I, I think obviously Catholicism, they, they hold tradition very high up there, you know, um, and even church leadership in the hierarchy. And, you know, there are even different, I would say, practices within some of those traditions like Catholicism, where because scripture is not the main authority, things like indulgences can happen. Like back in the 1500s when, you know, Martin Luther protested about how like they shouldn't be selling indulgences and telling people that, you know, you get out, their relatives get out of purgatory if they buy these things or whatever because it's not in the Bible. And so they're kind of just inferring from things. And so um, in the, the Baptist tradition, we believe the Bible is God's word. It's the highest authority. And so everything we believe, everything we do, every stance on every moral issue comes from the word of God. And, and I think this is a really, uh, a really good thing about the Baptist tradition, because I think that if you want your kids and your family and your spouse to, to grow up and to be formed in a church that values the word of God, 
the Baptist tradition is a, is a great tradition for you, right? If you believe in the Bible, if you want the scriptures taught, if you want to be grown and exhorted uh, to follow Jesus based upon the scriptures, then like most Baptist churches, you will align up very well with. So the number one thing, and this thing is also going to impact all the rest that we talk about today. Like, like everything else we believe is because we find it in the scriptures. And so, um, and the last thing I'll say is I think of, of all the traditions, I think the Baptist is definitely one of the best in terms of holding firm to God's word, regardless of how the culture turns or how maybe morality shifts from generation to generation. Um, when I look out different traditions, um, I see a lot of them caving on issues, whether it be gender issues or sexuality issues. And because all of a sudden they have this change of opinion when the culture changes its opinion, you know. Um, and so I just think that the Baptist tradition of all of them has really held firm uh, to the ways of God and the scriptures, regardless of what the culture says. And so if you, if you believe the word of God is his word, and if you also believe that we should adhere to it, regardless of what people around us are doing, um, then the Baptist tradition is a, is a good place for you and your family. Awesome. Yeah, I love how you mentioned the uh, Protestant Reformation, because that's really where, you know, the tradition starts, you know, mm. with this idea of, of going back to the scriptures. And that's really what the heart of the Reformation was about, going mm. back to the scripture, getting the scripture in the hands of the people, uh, because it mm. is the word of God. And, and I really, you know, I like how you highlight that scriptures is very high um, in, in our tradition. And, and I think that we continue to try to celebrate that even now to try to get, to get people to understand the Bible for themselves, to read it for themselves, to have mm -hmm. personal devotion and all that comes from a very high view of the scripture. Yeah. Well, one thing I would say is, and what's different is like in our church, like you and I are not in charge as pastors. Right. Like we're not like, unless the scripture gives us authority or says something like we don't say anything. So all of our sermons are from the Bible. Everything we do something, every time we do something, we're trying to come from the Bible. Like their traditions where like the leadership or hierarchy can literally kind of speak for God, you know, and the Baptist tradition is, is not one of those unless it's clearly written in scripture. And so even in a sense, it checks your role and my role in a lot of ways, which I think is really healthy. Yeah. Awesome. And then the other thing I was going to, I think it's worth mentioning. is like, even, even if you look at Baptist history, which I think you and I both mm. had to do and going to seminary, if you look at it, I mean, it's really cool to see like how Baptists yeah. have contributed to um, this, this really, this, this high respect for the scripture. I was even thinking back to the idea of like Sunday school, you know, we talked about that mm. before, like back in the, I think it was 1700s or so, like literally they started Sunday school in order to get scripture, get people to understand scripture because they saw that people didn't understand it. So they were trying to teach them that. And so I think it really starts there with the high view of scripture. That's, that's number one. Uh, so why don't you dive right in and jump us into uh, number two, what's the number two value for for being a Baptist? So the the, the second one, which you'll kind of get this because um, it's actually in our, our name. Um, the second thing I would say is uh, believer's baptism uh, in terms of what it means to be a Baptist. And um, this has a lot of implications. And honestly, this is one of the main ways that probably we differentiate from a lot of other traditions um, is here in the Baptist faith, uh, what we read in Scripture is that people get baptized whenever they are um, old enough to make that decision for themselves. And so um, there's a lot of traditions from the, the Catholic tradition, um, even, even Lutherans, which you know, ironically you know, were descended from Luther, but even he didn't make this jump. Um, they, they baptize babies, you know, so they baptize them into the faith when they're a child and the parents decide for them that they're going to be baptized and, and though I, I don't want to, I don't think that's like the worst thing in the world, you know, and I have people who I know are, are legitimate Christians who, who practice infant baptism, um, you know, here in the Baptist church, like we just don't find that anywhere in scripture, you know, there, there's not one instance where you see a baby being baptized. I believe there's one place in scripture where it alludes to like a guy gets saved and so his whole family gets baptized and people will literally say, well, he probably had a baby, 
You know, that, that's like their argument. Um, and so, but we just don't see it in Scripture, going back to our first thing, having a high view of Scripture. Um, we just don't see an instance of that. You know, Jesus was baptized when he was a man, when he began his earthly ministry. Um, and so even he kind of, you know, if, if, he's, the, if he's the model that we, we follow, then he was baptized as a grown adult as well. Um, and, and we don't think you have to be an adult. We just want you to be around maybe five or six to where you can actually comprehend what's going on. Uh, we have this crazy belief that, like, to be baptized you should, in Jesus' name, you should have to actually know who he is, you know? Um, you know, just one of our things. Um, but, but honestly, like, that, that's just one of those things for us that we, um, we think is important. And I think there's a, a, some practical reasons. So, so there's, like, theological reasons, meaning, like, in Scripture we see, you know, adults making the decision for themselves and being baptized into the faith. Um, which, once again, baptism is just like an outward expression that you're going to follow Jesus. It's an outward expression of an inward commitment. Um, it's, you know, one of the first steps you take into really following Jesus. But, um, but beyond the, 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 the clear scriptural, you know, obviously leading that it, it, it's adults making the decision for themselves to follow Jesus and then they're baptized, I think for your kids, which, you know, you want your kids to endure in the faith as they get older, and even as, as a new dad, um, you know, I want my daughter to make that decision for herself, yeah. you know, and I think a lot of millennials um, at our age, like they, we don't want to force religion on people. And that's another thing is like here as Baptists, we don't force religion on people. We share the gospel, but I'm not going to force you to become a Christian. And so even my daughter who I love and I, I want her to grow up and to follow Jesus and to give her life to him. And I mean, I, I want nothing more in my existence than my daughter to come to know Jesus. I mean, I want it with everything in me but she will literally have to make that decision for herself. And when she is baptized, um, she will have to make that decision for herself. And I think going forward in her life, that'll be very helpful for her because in the moments where she does doubt or has questions or issues with her faith, like we all do at times, she will be able to look back at the moment that she chose to follow Jesus and she chose to be baptized. And I believe that's helpful for your kids when they go through the tribulations of life. I've met so many people who grew up and they were baptized as a baby. They don't remember it. They don't remember the moment they decided to follow Jesus. And they just kind of grew up assuming that they're Christian, assuming that they're with the Lord, and they drift as adults, you know. But here in the Baptist faith, you know, as our kids get older and become, you know, children and then teenagers, like there's a whole process where we're asking them, do you believe this? And they're making the decision for themselves. And so, you know, if you believe that religion should not be forced on people and that people should have to decide who them, for themselves who they should serve, like scriptures, you know, decide now whom, whom you will serve, then the Baptist tradition fits you really well. You know, if you want your children to decide for themselves, um, you know, if, if you want people to have the moment where they remembered when they followed Jesus, then believer's baptism is definitely something that I think that, that you should practice, and the Baptist uh, tradition is one that is hold. Uh, held very firm to that. So the second thing is definitely a believer's baptism. And one thing to note is actually when I was a kid, I got baptized when I was eight, and I remember it, but I tried to get baptized when I was six, and they told me no because I wasn't <laughs> ready. Uh, the pastor came to my house and asked me, and I, I didn't know what it was. I, I, I was just kind of following everybody else. I had a friend that got baptized, so I wanted to be baptized. And he talked to me, and I couldn't explain why or, or what it meant. And so he was like, you know, you don't believe this yet. You don't know. And he actually held off, you know, and I'm so glad that he did because yeah. if he had not, I would have gotten baptized. I wouldn't have remembered it. It wouldn't have been genuine. Um, and so, you know, the fact that he made me decide for myself and really know what was going on helped me so much as I got older. And so I think especially for our children, if we want them to really grow and mature in their faith and adopt it for themselves, then we should reserve baptism for um, a decision that they make on their own. So first thing is have the scripture. And the second thing is believer's baptism. 
Yeah, you know, this is one of those things where, you know, going back to the scripture, I think in the way that we read it, we, we do see adults getting baptized. And yet we do admit that there, there are ways in which, you know, some of our Christian brothers and sisters might come to a different conclusion. They might have infant baptism. We would not break fellowship over those, those people. Um, but I think one advantage, as you were saying, for, for a, a believer's baptism, someone who's saying, I'm coming forward because I profess in Jesus, just what a testimony to the rest of the church. One thing that's yeah. really cool about baptism, it's a public expression of a personal experience and there's just this moment and we've had a lot of baptisms recently uh, in our church there's this moment in which people come forward and they're saying man I want to follow Jesus and just the testimony that that brings to um, the, the church as a whole, just we can come together and celebrate with that person. It's a really beautiful thing. And then also alluding to your, your other thing, it's a personal experience that people can look to. A lot of times um, when you think about becoming a Christian, it all happens in, it's like invisible almost, right? It's something that happens in your heart. And so what baptism does when you're, when you're coming forward in believer's baptism is just this physical act that symbolizes a spiritual reality. And so a lot of times people can point to that in their life and say, man, I was 12 years old or 20 years old or however old I was. And there was a distinct before yeah. and after in my life. And that is really powerful in, in times of tribulation. Mm -hmm. And so uh, kudos on that. So we have number one, we have number two. What is number <coughs> three? Number three value for, for Baptists. Yeah, I'm excited about this one because this is another one that once again, even most Baptists probably do not know this. Um, I would even say you know, we're trying to create an awareness of it in our church, but even I'm surprised that people that grow up as Baptists, like they don't, they won't even honestly know what this concept is. Um, and honestly, probably if I was not a pastor and hadn't gone to, you know, seminary and school and all that kind of stuff, like I, I wouldn't have known either. Um, but it's church autonomy, which mm. is a really weird word, I'm autonomy. sure. Church autonomy. Once again, another word we don't use. Um, some would call it church independence. But basically, here in the Baptist Church, because um, the first two are more kind of um, kind of faith practice, like how you express your faith, this is more of a functional, like how the church is governed and operates. And so, in Baptist churches, we believe um, simply that churches should be governed by the people that actually go there. And so, what that means is that there's a lot of traditions, like I know the Catholic tradition, the Methodist tradition, and honestly, probably more than not, there's this hierarchy in the tradition that will often appoint the pastors, um, appoint the leaders, appoint the staff. Um, they own your buildings and all that kind of stuff. And so, like, like here at White Oak, um, like if, if I were to leave tomorrow as the pastor, then and, and White Oak were to call another pastor, our church would come together and would decide for itself who the next pastor would be, right? There's no um, outside group that's going to say, okay, this new guy will be your pastor, um, and so here in the Baptist tradition, we just believe that the churches should own their own facilities. Um, they should call their own pastors. They should make their own decisions. They should form the way they feel like they need to form to live out the Great Commission and what God calls us to do. And I just think that's a really beautiful thing. And once again, going back to millennials, I think millennials like the idea of like, you know, like, like living local, um, supporting local businesses, like basically local shops that are really invested in what they're doing and not big chains. And the Baptist faith is definitely like that. And so uh, we just see all throughout Scripture, you know, even in, in Titus, whenever Paul sends Titus um, to, uh, to basically pastor uh, this church, even though Paul is sending him there, he tells Titus that he is to appoint elders, right? That he's going to be the one there, so he needs to decide the leadership, right? And even the Baptist tradition kind of follows that model where a lot of times when a, the Baptist tradition plants a church, the Baptist tr tradition will send a planter. They'll send somebody out like Paul. But he will establish a church. 
and he will build a church, and he will appoint the people because he's there, and he knows the people. And then whenever he moves on, the Baptist tradition will not come back in and say, okay, we'll put your next pastor in place. That church that has been built up, they will make their own decisions. And so this just empowers the local church. It creates accountability for all of us that are here at White Oak. Like this, like God is working through us, you know, and this is ours, and we have to take ownership and responsibility. Um, When we do renovations, we have to pay for it. We have to get the money. We have to deploy it. Um, You know, we have to make the plans. Um, And so church autonomy is a huge one in Baptist churches. And and one of the biggest misconceptions, if you've grown up in the Baptist tradition, is people think that that means that we're committee-led. That's not true. Uh, The defining mark of Baptist polity is not that we are committee-led, but that we choose how we will be led. And so we as a church, we're committee-led, which basically means there's different committees that of lay people that got together and made different decisions and people rotated on those. Uh, we went from that to an elder-led model where basically now we have um, leading men in our church who are appointed by the church but then kind of oversee the church and help make decisions, which is what we do now. Um, but we as a church voted to make that happen. And so we, we looked at the scriptures and said, okay, we're currently committee-led. We think it's more biblical to be elder-led. And so we made that transition and we as a church voted on that. And then we as a church voted to make all of our elders the elders that we have. And so um, one of the things about Baptist churches, uh, or, or if, if you believe that you want to be a part of a church where, you know, you appoint your own leadership, you make your own decisions, um, you basically take responsibility for the, for the mission, then the Baptist tradition is a really good uh, formative place for you and your family. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking of uh, Colossians when it says that, you know, Jesus is the head of the church. Like Jesus yeah. is the head of, of each and every church. And so what I, I think church autonomy does is it allows a congregation to follow Jesus in the way that scripture commands them to do that. And, and there's no other authority under them except the scripture itself. And so there might be a church down the road and they might do something a certain way. And, and maybe we don't do it that way, but we have no no authority over that church. Like they're, They have authority over themselves and they're going to have to answer to Christ for the way that they have followed the scriptures and we're going to have to do that the same way. And I think that really leads to, in an odd way, to, to religious liberty and freedom. You know, there's, there's a lot of freedom for churches to worship Christ in the way that they um, see the scriptures, the way they follow them. So I think that bleeds into all the other things that we were talking about, like believers' baptism and like um, a high view of scripture and different things like that. And so I definitely affirm that. And we do want every member in our church to participate in the full life of the church and the decisions that are made and, and where we're going and what our vision is. And we try to express that through, you know, members meetings and different things like that. So everybody from the newest member to the person who's been there the longest, to the pastor, to the deacons, men and women, everyone has mm-hmm. a say in, in where we're going and everyone has a spirit in them. And so I really love that. I think it, it allows each person to, to have a say in the life of the church. So that's number three. So uh, round it out for us. What is number four, number four value uh, for a Baptist church? Number four is one that I think a lot of people will probably know and be more familiar with, um, even if you're not a part of the Baptist church, is um, the Baptist church, all throughout everything that we do, has a commitment to um, evangelism and discipleship, which is essentially just living out the Great Commission. And so, you know, Matthew, Matthew 28, after Jesus, you know, spends time with his followers and disciples them and trains them and then dies on the cross and rises again. Um, you know, he sends them out to, to go make <clears throat> disciples of all nations. And there's this idea that there's this commitment to sharing the gospel with others and seeing them come to know Christ. And so 
I would say uh, Baptist churches have usually in a lot of ways a greater commitment to really getting the faith out there and the gospel out there. And like in a sense, like we're, we're trying to convert you. <laughs> we really are. We, we want you to come to know Jesus because, hey, if, if we're not trying to convert you and we say we believe it, then we don't really believe it, you know. Um, Baptists, I believe, tend to be a pretty devout bunch. They tend to be all in. They tend to be, um, they're like, okay, if I believe this, if I believe that Jesus is the only way, um, to salvation and the only way to heaven, and and I believe if people are going to hell if they're not walking with Jesus, then you know I should be sharing that with people, and so uh, Baptists have a commitment to that, and that is displayed in so many ways. One of which is the IMB, which is the largest uh, missions agency um, the world has ever known. Um, we have more missionaries out in the field, more money given to it um, than any other tradition, even Catholicism, which you know is, is way bigger than we are worldwide. But Baptists give so much money, invest so many resources in sending out missionaries. And so the, the IMB is the International Mission Board, which the Southern Baptist Convention that we're a part of uh, sponsors and funds. And so every year we take an offering for that. Um, I've given personally to that several times. I know you've been on trips like that. Um, and so basically, like, we just take the Great Commission really seriously. We're trying to get the gospel out. And so I think that if you're going to be a part of a tradition that really wants to see people come to meet Jesus, wants to see lives changed then the Baptist tradition is a really good place for, for you and your family. Uh, we do believe it's ultimately God's sovereign work. Like, we believe God's hand, um, you know, is what makes things happen. But we believe that his hand is in us and his spirit is in us and that he is moving us to do these things. And so um, I just think the last thing is, like, if you want to be a part of a church that really wants to see people come to know Jesus and really is devout about that from top to bottom, um, the Baptist tradition is a really, really good place for you and for your family. Yeah, I, I would totally agree. And I, I was uh, looking up as you were uh, talking, just on the fly, Internet's amazing. So the IMB has sent out uh, currently about, there's about 3,500 missionaries in some capacity, I, I think, as of uh, last year. Maybe that number's a little bit lower, but it's about 3,500 people that, that Southern Baptist churches have joined together and sent them across the world to to share the gospel, and I think that's a beautiful thing. It just shows that there can be collaboration among churches um, in, in that way. Uh, but I agree, man. Uh, Baptist churches have a high view of evangelism and personal discipleship, and we believe that the Great Commission is in the hands of every Christian believer. You know, this this idea of, like, the priesthood of the saints. Like, we all carry the Holy Spirit in us as we follow Christ, and we all have the power to make an impact on our relational lines and on the people that we come in contact with. And, and any one of us could be could be used by God, and that's a really an amazing thing. It's not just for a select few or for the elite or for the biblically or seminary trained. It's yeah. for every person can go forth, and that's, that's just good. amazing to be used by, that any one of us can be used by God. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty cool, man. I, I don't know if you have any closing thoughts. That's really cool, the four things, but what are some of your closing <laughs> thoughts on why we're Baptists? Um, I, I just think that, um, once again, I think that if you want your children and your family and spouse and friends you know, to be formed in a, tr a place where the Bible is, is really valued, um, where people are called to believe personally for themselves, where churches govern themselves, um, and where we're trying to make disciples. And I just think the Baptist church is a great place for you. Honestly, as I, I was studying for this, I was going to preach it as a sermon, but as I mentioned, it didn't happen. Um, I just became more proud to be a Baptist. I know there's some, we have some issues, but um, I just think it fits really well in our day and age. I think it's a very solid tradition. I think looking at the ages, we haven't really changed that much in a sense. I think a lot of the core principles are still there. Um, I think some other traditions will oftentimes 
kind of shift and change. And, and honestly, even traditions in our country today are having major divides over issues that the Bible seems pretty clear about. Mm-hmm. And we just don't have that many issues with that. And so um, last thing I'll say maybe it's just I, I honestly believe, and, and, and I guess we'll look back on this in 10, 20 years and see if I was right or not. I think that the, the day of like being ashamed of denominations and trying to hide it, um, and trying to everyone, everybody wanted to be non-denominational. I think those days are coming to an end. Honestly, like I, I think people our age don't really care about the denomination. They don't care if it's in the name. Um, it's cool if you want to take it out. I mean, I, I know it, it makes the name shorter, which is nice. It's a, it's, it's nothing wrong with that. But like, I just think that the days of like just trying to get away from that are, are, are gone because I think that people when they come into church, they want to know who you are. And if it's non-denominational, honestly, there's a lot of great non-denominational churches out there. I'm friends with a lot of guys that pastor those churches. But it does make one more step where people have to figure out what do you believe? Is this a cult? <laughs> you know, um, are, are you orthodox? Do you believe the gospel? Do you believe in heaven and hell? I mean, like, you just don't know if it's non-denominational. Whereas as a Baptist church, um, when you walk into a Southern Baptist church, like, you know what they believe. Because we're not gov- – the only thing that ties us together is our belief in the scriptures, Right. And so we are tied to theological standards, but not practical in terms of like you know, buildings and stuff like that. So I just think that it shows kind of where you're at. I think that's really important. And I think that, you know, it's one of those things where it unites us in the places where we should be united, but also gives us freedom in the places where we have freedom. So um, I'm just really proud to be a Baptist. And I just think in the future, um, people are going to want to know where you're at. And I think that having a tradition and being public about that gives them a way to do that. And I don't think people care as much anymore about the different traditions. They just want to know you're legit um, and that you're honest about what you believe. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think you mentioned at the beginning millennials and just how I think we're very skeptical of tradition in general. And I don't think it has to be that way. And, you know, I think a lot of times we see denominations as things that divide people. Um, but if you look at it from the perspective of this is my um, denominational heritage, this is my traditional heritage, and, you know, you, there's only... The gospel is just the gospel, right? That's the only thing that's gospel. And so if you're able to look at your heritage and be like, man, these are some really cool aspects of our heritage that we want to pick up the torch and we want to carry those things on. And there may be other aspects of our heritage that aren't in the Bible or that we say, hey, we we were kind of wrong on that. We need to change that. I think you've had that sort of humble attitude that that's really the right um, approach to the topic. I was thinking of 1 Thessalonians 5 says, test everything and hold fast to what's good. And I think Mm. that's really what we're trying to say here is like test everything and hold fast to the good aspects of it. Um, So I think we have a rich heritage and I think it's something worth looking into, especially if you go to a Baptist church to to check out the history and to just really be proud of um, the fact that we do affirm these things that are very biblical. We appreciate uh, you, you leading the way on that, man. That, that Thanks, concludes man. Our, our podcast. And as always, if you have any questions at all, like no no question is too random, um, we, we will take your questions. You can email us at info at whiteoakchurch.net, and we would love to, to handle those in a future podcast. So thank you so much for listening, and uh, we hope to see you next time.